You are listening to episode 270 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, or dancing the number four diabetes.com to learn more about the sponsors. I'm struggling with what to name this episode. You know what, real quickly, just before I get to that, let me just say this and get it out of the way. Nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical plan or becoming bold with insulin. I don't know what to call this episode. I have a few ideas. I think they're all strong. Four, not on the floor. Be bold, Alexandra. Abnormal is good. Acceptance is a 45-minute train ride from London. All right. Alexandra is a 45-minute train ride from London? It's really long. Four not on the floor. Four on the floor. Hmm. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is called Four Not on the Floor, and it's with Alexandra, who happens to live about a 45-minute train ride from London. And she's the mother of a little girl who has type 1 diabetes. My name is Alexandra. I'm married to Damien. I'm a mother of two children, Ethan, who is 10, a non-diabetic, and uh, Maya, who is diabetic, and she's age 7. We live in the UK, um, just south of Milton Keynes. So for those of you that don't live in the UK, probably about 45-minute train ride north of London. So just to put it into perspective. I was going to guess Texas by your accent. <laughs> Now I'm hearing it now that you said it. <laughs> so how old was Maya when she was diagnosed? So she was diagnosed in December 2017. She was six at the time. So she's only been a year. You're not even a year and a half yet, right? No, we're about 15 months in. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. how's it going? Well, in all, in all consideration, it's going really quite well. Um, so we're still on MDI. Um, but as of yesterday, some really exciting news um, happened. So I'll, I'll talk to you about that. But um, yeah, we've been on MDI since obviously since the start and we're kind of managing it. Um, she's OK with it and I'm OK with it, too. But obviously we have been, I use the word fighting, but um, wanting to get her onto a pump um, from very early on. And really probably from listening to your podcast, to be honest. Um, I realized quite early on that we didn't really, we, we would have much better management if uh, we were able to use a, a, an Omnipod. So when you say you're okay with it, you mean she's okay with the injections and you're okay giving them to her? Yes, but also, I mean, I think I find it very, I struggle sometimes with the dosing because, you know, obviously the increments are only half a unit and she's only little. So sometimes I've had to wait for her to go high to correct, which seems crazy. Um, because yeah, half a unit is, is a lot for her. So, um, I've struggled with that because I'm, and again, since listening to the podcast, wanting to keep her range really tight. And that's sometimes very difficult to do when, um, when you're on injection. You have a CGM, do you have a glucose monitor? We do. We've got the Dexcom. Um, we self-funded, so it's a little bit different in the UK. We've got the NHS. And mm -hmm. um, so we get a lot of, we're very, very lucky when I hear some of the stories of um, what happens in the States and elsewhere in the world. Um, we get everything effectively for free. Yeah. Um, but you have to, there's certain criteria that you have to adhere to, obviously, to be able to, to get certain things. So initially we self-funded the Dexcom. Um, we got the, we had the G5 initially. Um, and it was the way I liken it is a little bit like driving on a motorway in torrential rain and your windscreen wipers don't work. And, um, and then suddenly we got the Dexcom <laughs> and the windscreen right? wipers started to work and that's it's excellent. just like someone had yeah, turned the lights on. Well, that's cool. I'm glad. How long have you had that? So probably, uh, probably a year. We tried the Libra to start with, which she absolutely hated as did I. And then, um, yeah, the Dexcom's probably March or April of last year. So quite, quite quickly. I have a question about honeymooning. 
Okay. Do you still feel like at the moment you're getting some um, functionality from her pancreas? Do you know what? I have no idea. I, I, we've never had a moment where she hasn't needed insulin. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, there's, there's never been a moment where we've gone, Oh gosh, this is definitely, she's definitely in the honeymoon period. I have never even felt it. When she was diagnosed, what was her blood sugar level at the time? So I've got, the con- I've printed off the conversions. Um, <laughs> she was 33. So she was, um, over 600. Okay. So high. And do you think looking back, was she, did you figure this out like right away or had it been going on for a while before she got diagnosed? Yeah. I mean, hindsight, isn't it such a beautiful thing? Mm. I think she definitely had some pretty severe symptoms, um, probably two weeks before she was diagnosed. Um, but thinking back on it, I think she probably was in trouble beyond beyond that. And it, it hurts me to think that, you know, I didn't pick up on it. But, you know, like so many people, I knew nothing about type 1 diabetes, absolutely nothing. And it makes me chuckle now to think how, um, I, you know, I did the usual Googling of symptoms and it came up with diabetes. And I said to my mother-in-law, I said, oh, do you know, Carol, I think she might have diabetes. And my mother-in-law went, yeah, she probably does. And we kind of went, that was it. And, and I kind of, in my head, I thought she needs, I know it sounds so crazy now when I, when I think about it and when I hear myself say it, but I just thought that we'd have to change her diet and we'd, you know, she'd need some, I don't know, medication or something. I had no clue at all. And it was only when... We went into the doctor's surgery and she had her had a finger prick um, that I realized the severity of it. And when we got into hospital and, you know, she had her first injection and I was just like, oh, my God, this is this is big. This is big stuff. Yeah. You were just planning on like throwing away like Oreos and, and, and <laughs> they're like, Wait, yeah. here's the insulin and the needles. You're like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it was just I was I feel so embarrassed that I knew nothing about it. But then, why would you? You know, so many people are, know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And I can see that in my immediate circle of friends and, and, and acquaintances, that people just don't understand it. At the end of this episode, there will be detailed information on how to get tickets for the 19th annual Dancing for Diabetes show being held on Saturday, November 9th in Orlando, Florida. Check it out. Yeah, there's no real reason to. I mean, to be perfectly honest, there's yeah, exactly. a zillion diseases in the world that I have no concept of. Uh, yeah, and you would have no reason to either. You didn't listen. You had a you had a son, right? And he was. Yeah, I mean, you had kept him alive for eight years yeah. or so, and everything was <laughs> yeah, going pretty exactly. well, right? And then you're like, well, we'll just do it again with this one, and yeah. then we'll sell the house and get divorced, and we'll die. It'll be. <laughs> We're going to live our lives, right? And, yeah, exactly. uh, and, and then, you know, something like this pops up. There's no, you shouldn't be looking for, I would, I would, um, hope that you could find a way to forgive yourself because I think everyone feels like that, but at the same time, it's not valuable for you to hold on to. No, exactly. Yeah. On, on. But, um, yeah. And I, that's one thing I, I, I must say, I'm, I'm very keen to, in the, the smallest way that I can, uh, make, just give I guess my immediate network, some awareness of what type one is about, because I do feel it's it's vital that, that we do educate people because there is this terrible misunderstanding of what the of what the disease is and the comparisons between type two and type one all the time. Yeah, and a lot a lot of the things mimic other stuff and then doctors say things like, oh, they're just, you know, they have the flu or they have this or they have that. And then you keep getting, some people keep getting sent home and are lucky to even end up getting diagnosed and not, you know, absolutely losing their life to a misdiagnosis. So I, I understand. Well, before we move forward, I, are you wearing um, Apple wired headphones? Yes. I can tell because every once in a while, I think the microphone's rubbing whatever shirt you're wearing. Right. I'll so pull it away. It's not a big yeah. deal, but if you could... Um, I think probably the people listening can't hear it, but I hear you it, can. and then I start thinking about it. <laughs> that's okay. I don't think that I, I'm hoping that's not ADHD. I think it might just be that I'm concerned that the podcast sounds good, but uh, <laughs> I start. I just it's like it, it's like it sounds like little like wind chimes far off in my ears, and I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Oh. Anyway, uh, okay. So let's uh, let's go backwards a little bit. After she's diagnosed, 
do you look back at the family history and say to yourself, wow, there's a lot of people with diabetes and endocrine issues or can you not really find any or no, nothing, nothing, certainly not. Um, no. Okay. All right. So then it really was out of left field. How did your mother-in-law, you guys were just Googling and you're like, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) and she just said, yeah, that makes sense. If she did, it sounds like the, the symptoms are right, but we hadn't kind of made the differentiation between type one and type two. So we, um, yeah, um, we just kind of figured it would be, it would be fine. It was going to be really easy to, in vertical commas, to, you know, to manage. Um, and of course, when we realized that, yeah, gosh, we're going to have to inject this child with insulin several times a day and prick her finger several times a day. And wow, this is going to be a real life change. And it has been a life change, but I think, you go through several stages, don't you, of um, sort of denial and then grief and then I don't know what. And I think we've just come to a, a place now where it's just acceptance and this is our new normal. And um, yeah, and we take every day as it comes. Um, I think that's my husband's doing, actually. He, I, I would sometimes get upset with her being too high or or just struggling, yeah, you know, insulin like water or whatever. And he'd say, look, we'll wake up tomorrow morning and it'll be a new day. You can just start again. And actually in doing that, I've managed to, her HbA1c has come down and just my whole way of looking after her has become much more chilled, mm-hmm. taking every single day as it comes. Yeah, I don't, I don't speak about it as frequently as I should probably, but... There was a moment when I thought, when I was I was getting so good at it, right, that when it didn't go the way I wanted to, I found it really frustrating. Yeah. And I just did the same thing that I'm sure you guys did. I said to myself, this is obviously not a sustainable attitude for me. Um, you know, we're, we're going to keep Arden's blood sugar from spiking up as much as possible. But if it happens, I'm just going to get it back down again. I'm not going to spend it. any time punishing myself over it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at as well. Good for you. And I've started to use, um, in, a, in a different way, I use a sugar mate. Um, yeah. And I've changed the, you know, the way it can, it'll tell you your estimated HbA1c. Mm-hmm. And instead of being over a 90-day period, I've changed it to a one-day period. Good for you. And what I do is I just try and keep that as low as possible. And what it's done had an appointment yesterday with our um, diabetes consultant. And what it's done is it's, it's brought... In me doing that, it's brought um, her her number down, which is great. But the other thing, and you know, I know that obviously, obviously, I'm a fan of the podcast. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on here. But um, your words resonate in my head. You know, be bold, Alexandra. Be bold. What's what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is I have to give her an apple. And and I think that's helped enormously as well, especially over the last three months, where I've kind of taken sort of listened to your podcast perhaps in a different way and being less scared. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's actually a happier child because of it, because the blood sugars are, are more okay. normal. I am really happy for you. And I'm, it's very nice of you to say, but, but I'm just, I'm excited for you guys that, that you feel like you're moving forward. Yeah. So you said you, you think you're listening to the podcast in a different way now. So I'm interested in this because I don't have the experience obviously no. of, of hearing it, you know, from the go. So when you yeah. when you heard it initially, it, what did it sound like to you? Was it just words you didn't understand or ideas that you couldn't wrap your head around? Like how did it strike you initially? It's really interesting because I cannot I cannot remember how I found your podcast. If I'm absolutely honest, um, but when I did find it, I was literally binge listening. <laughs> it was hilarious, and um, I had it on in the car. I had it on when I was walking the dog. You know, I was just listening to it all the time, and because Maya is on MDI, and at the time, she wasn't even on Dexcom, um, like a lot of it was just a lot of jargon, and it, I guess some of it just went over my head, but some of it must have been sinking in. Um, then obviously she got the Dexcom, she got the G5, and obviously at the time, I think Arden was on the G5 as well, so a lot of that was kind of sinking in as well, which was great, and it was then that I started to battle for Maya to get the Omnipod as well. Okay. I was very conscious that um, I was very conscious that that's what I wanted. I wanted to emulate, I guess, what you guys are doing as well. Right. Um, 
And I sort of binge listened for months. And then I stopped. Um, and I probably didn't listen to the podcast for a good two, three months, I guess. And what was interesting was my thresholds for Maya's, Maya's blood sugars got quite lax. And um, I thought it was okay for her to be, you know, um, 200. Mm. Um, and it was only when I started listening to the podcast again, I was like, what am, what am I doing? You know, and I brought her threshold back down um, to, I don't know, it wasn't by much, but it was by, you know, 170 or something. And then suddenly it just made sense again. Be bold with insulin, Alexandra. Don't, you know, you don't need to be scared of this. And it was only by listening to you, but listening to you constantly rather than kind of, you know, giving up on it for a few months, actually realized it's made a difference. Oh, are we talking about difference makers? Then let's talk about the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump and all the ways that it can make a difference in your life. See what I've done there? I've brought together what has just happened in the podcast right into the ad. And it's kind of making you feel like, oh my gosh, Scott, this is a continuation of what Alexandra was just saying. I know, it's slick. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Here's what happens when you go there. Now, keep in mind, you can remember to type that in or links in your show notes to the podcast player or juiceboxpodcast.com. But anyway, whether you click on the link or just type it in the browser yourself, what's going to happen when you get there is first you're going to be presented with great information about the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. More importantly, you're going to be presented with an opportunity to have a no obligation, absolutely free demonstration unit sent to your house. That's right. They're going to send you a pod experience kit, right? Comes right to your house. You get this pod and you say to yourself, I can try this on. I can wear it for days. Take a shower with it if I want to. I mean, I could put it next to my pillow and talk to it like it's a person. You can really do whatever you want with it. I think your time would probably be better spent if you wore it to see exactly how it was. But anyway, I'm, I'm not judging you. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Get a free pod experience kit sent right to your home today so you can try on the Omnipod and see what you think. There's no reason you should have to take my word for it when you can wear it yourself. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. This is an excellent opportunity for you to find out what it would be like to wear the insulin pump that Arden has had for 11 years. I think that your experience probably mimics a lot of people's where you find information that's different than what maybe your doctor said. And then you have to just make all that right in your mind. You, you, you know, mm. like you have to hear it and absorb it and, and probably put it down for a second and, and then see, was it right? For us, did it, you know, was it wrong? I think you saw that while you were doing it, it made sense. Then you stepped away from it and things kind of trended the way you weren't hoping. Some people would say that they need the podcast to reinforce. Yes. Right? Completely. I've heard that from people. I also think that there's a possibility that you haven't been at it that long. And, yeah. that, and that in time, it will just become so commonplace in your life. You won't need it to be reinforced, maybe as much. But a reminder once in a while can't hurt. Listen, as long as you don't unsubscribe, it's okay with me if you don't listen to <laughs> No, but I think um, what is interesting is when you change the thresholds. And, you know, if you say it's okay to be um, 12, to, you know, 200, 220, if you say it's okay, then it becomes okay. That makes sense. I know that sounds crazy. But if you just bring the threshold down, which is what we've done on her Dexcom, we just bring it down. Then suddenly when the alarm goes off, I'm like, wow, we need to correct her. It's so simple. It's so silly. But actually, it's made a huge difference. And, and, um, it's, and it's sort of not. It's sort of very human when you think about it, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I, oh, I gained five pounds. Well, it's only five pounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, was, uh, I ignored somebody today who needed something. Uh, I don't usually do that. I, I only had one cigarette. You know, like like whatever it ends up being that you just sort of go like, well, well, a little bit's not bad. And maybe it's not if you stay at a little bit. But a lot of times, a little bit becomes more. And then it becomes normal. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's normal. And that's when you're, that's when you're lost. You know, yeah. when you, I, I think all the way back to 
a very, very early episode when a mother came on and said, I just remember, I can hear her, like her voice in my head still. And she's like, I got to a point where I told myself 200 was good. And then Mm. it just became good. Mm. I never even questioned it before. And I I think I, in that moment, I said, geez, my blood sugar is probably 85 right now. 200 is a 115 points or more than double. Yeah. And, um, but, but it's that, it's that sort of sliding scale. It's how we it's how we slip away from everything. It's how you slip mm. away from who you want to be. It's how you slip away from morality. It's a, you know, I'm the least I'm the last person that should be telling you about morality, but I mean, it really is it is how, like, right? You just go, "Oh, I just, you know, I stole a pad of paper from my job. It's not a big deal," you know? And then 6 years later, you're in court, you know, you've been embezzling money. And yeah. you, you're like it's just a slippery, slippery slope. slope, right? Absolutely. And you have which you probably don't realize, and and of course makes a lot of sense. You have a very British way about you. It's 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 very um, it's matter of fact, and mm-hmm. so like even you said earlier, like you're like I looked online and I thought Maya probably has diabetes, and my mother-in-law said yes, she probably does. <laughs> it's a very British sentence, and so um, <laughs> you didn't. No one cried or threw anything against the wall or said no, no, probably not. You were just like I agree, and so. Yeah. <laughs> So there have we, been t- there have been tears. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you there. I said there have there have definitely been tears. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Uh, yeah. Not not at that point. Right, right. But um, yeah. But even yeah. with this idea of like, okay, well, it's just 150. It's just you know, you know, and you just keep letting it go. And yeah. so, you know, it, it bears repeating, and I probably will for a very long time. But you can think of it any way you want. You get what you expect. You know, or you get to react sooner with less insulin, which creates, um, which, which stops a spike or, or a drifting high blood sugar and also lessens the possibility of you being low later. Yeah. Right? Like that idea that if, you know, uh, you're diagonal up at 100, 110, um, and you just nudge it back down again, well, now you're back to 100 and you're stable and it's over. But if you let it start flying up and, it takes more insulin, you get insulin resistant, you you create an imbalance in the insulin and then the impact of your body at some point, and eventually the insulin's left over and you end up low. And then you roller coaster. And it's just it's the um it's thinking about problems and levels. I um I used to tell my wife, I don't think I think that a lot of people don't see past a, a couple levels of an idea. You, you know, like there's the surface idea. Um, you know, like I don't want my blood sugar to get higher. Well, that seems obvious to everybody. And some people just stop there. They don't think about it anymore. But as you look deeper and deeper and you dig down into the situation, you can see there's ways to affect it. And some of them are just not obvious to the naked eye. Um, but once you understand them, I mean, really, it it just, it's sort of life changing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very happy for you that you figured this out. Uh, Thank you. You're very welcome. Where are you at in the process of getting a pump? So this is where uh, it all gets quite exciting. So um, I did email you a while back, getting very frustrated with the hospital Mm -hmm. because they were saying that for Maya to get Omnipod, she needed to be on um, a minimum daily amount of insulin. And that minimum was 20 units. I couldn't get my head around it because I was kind of working out – you know, that looking at babies with pods on them, you know, like, yeah. and surely they're on less insulin than Maya. So I was um, really frustrated with it. And um, we, yesterday at clinic, we got to the magic number. So we're now at 20 units a day, which means that um, literally tomorrow we're going back into London and she's going to have a pump fitted and we're doing pump school next week. So it's, really exciting because you're talking about you know bumping you know double arrow up 10 i can't i can't correct her at 110 because half a unit at 110 will send her too low and that's what i'm excited about with a with an omnipod because i'm going to have just that much more flexibility in being able to to really nudge her blood sugars so that we don't have High highs and low lows. Plus, you're going to have control over her basal insulin, which is going to that's exactly right. Is going that's- to affect those things. So, I'm very excited uh, as I hear you saying that because I know the person from Omnipod who had to relocate to the UK to um, 
to get things going over there. And I bet you, uh, if he heard that, he'd be really excited for you. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, we, um, I think have them in the States as well. I think they were originally from the States, but we went to a friends for life conference in, um, up in Scotland in October mm-hmm. and we met a whole load of guys from, um, Insulet and, um, and we were very keen to to get cracking with it. The whole family tried the uh, the demo pod on and had the demo pod on for a couple of days. And so, um, yeah, we're really excited about it. And I think it's going to make a huge difference to to how we live with diabetes. Interestingly, the the jump from the G5 to the D, G6 mm-hmm. with the Dexcom was exactly the same. Damien turned around to me and said, it feels like she doesn't have diabetes anymore, which is cra- a crazy thing to say. But right. even the fact that we weren't having to finger prick her um, made a huge difference yeah. um, on a daily basis. Oh, I think especially in the beginning. I think I think the um, testing in the beginning is the most visceral part of it, except for maybe the fear of the lows. You, you, do you know what I mean by that? Like the it's the stabbing with the needles, it's the poking your fingers, it's the so scare. invasive. Yeah, that's the stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So invasive, and I think that's made a huge difference to her. And um, and we, we another app that we use is is My Sugar, which is a really cool little app, and put all her carb you know carb ratios and stuff in there, and it has this like little diabetes monster that does dances every time you put blood sugars in. And, um, and Maya loves it. Good. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's helped enormously as well. We just use that instead of doing a finger prick and, and looking at the meter, we just use this app. It's just so, it's so cool. It's so cool. Now there's, yeah. there's so many advancements I've never seen. I, I don't think I've ever used my sugar, but I know about it. And I just think that the, there needs to be more things like that so that people mm. like you can find what works for you. Yeah. You, you know, there's exactly. somebody who doesn't need it, somebody that does need it. And by the way, uh, get cracking is a strong candidate for the title of this episode. Just so you know, um, <laughs> get cracking. Yeah. yeah, it could be, uh, you never know. I, um, okay. So let me ask you a little bit about like management ideas around the house. So are you, uh, are, do you have a job that you leave the house for? You stay at home or how does that work? So I, I work for myself, so I can be very flexible in, um, in how I work. So I'm very, very fortunate in that position. Um, so I work from home effectively and, um, I can work as and when I want. Does this make you the primary caregiver for the diabetes? It does indeed. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. Yeah. How do you find, I think it's important to have a, a primary person, but so how much involvement does your husband have versus you? If you, it's hilarious. So, um, I'm going to say very little, but that's not that's not fair on him. So he he does when I'm not around, he's perfectly capable of looking after Maya more mm-hmm. than more than capable. Um, but it is hilarious how he will sleep through all of the Dexcom alarms at night. Um, very similarly to when our children were babies. <laughs> that might be a boy thing. <laughs> I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but no. So I'm the primary caregiver regards to diabetes and I have a much better understanding, more in-depth understanding when it comes to Maya's diabetes, if that makes sense. Um, And because I think sometimes you, it's an intuitive thing as well. Um, It's not just what the machine tells you or, you know, how much insulin to give. It's kind of, it's using your intuitiveness about it as well. And I don't think Damien's got that quite. He will is much more matter of fact. So if, you know, if the app tells him to give her three units, he'll give her three units mm-hmm. and he'll give it to her now. And then he'll wait for 10 minutes. He'll put his, his timer on. He'll wait for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then, and then he'll, then he'll feed her. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit more flexible than that. And I guess that's just from, from being with her and, and, um, and managing that with her day to day. How frequently do you get in the situation where you're like, you know what, I have figured out like a next level idea around her management and I want to pass it off to my husband. Do you, how do you, do you find that easy to do? Does he pick it up quickly? Is it, uh, is it ever? He, he, he does, but I think sometimes what he finds is that he feels like I'm telling him off. Um, and I'm not, I'm just trying ever so hard to sort of, um, pass information onto him or knowledge that I've got in my head that I want him to know about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it will be because we haven't done or he hasn't done something quite, you know, something hasn't gone quite to plan. And I'll say, well, you know, 
you could have done this or and he'll take it the wrong way like he thinks I'm pulling off which of course I'm not um so that sometimes is tricky but um the fact he's coming to pump school next week is going to be a really good thing because he's gonna he's gonna see exactly you know how to how to work it from from day one we're both going to be novices again yeah you'll 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 see it's not too it's not too hard um but i was going to say that i think uh it's common in that situation that you described like you know like you you trying to say something to a spouse and and i think they feel a little maybe defensive you know because they they don't want to think of themselves as not understanding how to help the kids that's it. Right. And at the same time, you probably do understand better than he does. And at the same time, you're in a situation where you're probably tired and, and you don't have a yeah. lot of free time to be, you know, it's not like it's okay, everyone. It's diabetes hour. Let's all sit down. You know, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get a drink and we'll talk. It's not like that. It's like, as you're passing each other in the kitchen, like, oh, I meant to tell you about this or you, yeah. know, you should try this. And it, there's just not a lot of hours in the day sometimes. And, uh, I think that what you describe is is pretty common for everybody. I know that um, I struggled the same way, like explaining things to Kelly, and I would try. I tried all of these different ideas once to get her to want to use more insulin, and finally, you know, you guys have heard me say it on the podcast, but finally, what I said to her was that you have to want to be on the low side. It, that it's a mindset. Mm. It's not a. Yeah. It's not a it's not a measurement, right? It's not a calculation. Like you'd rather be lower or stopping a falling blood sugar than fighting with a high one. Like if you wake up every morning and that's your mindset, it will go better most days. Right? Like which is another way of saying, right, be aggressive or be bold or or whatever you want to say. There's a thousand different ways to say it. But until I said it like that to her, I don't think that she was hearing what I was saying, or I wasn't saying it in a way that she was understanding. You know, it's very, it's very and that, difficult. And, and that we're going back to what's acceptable and what isn't. And um, and isn't it funny how suddenly the lower numbers aren't as scary because I'm used to them. Yeah. <laughs> because that's where she sits. And, um, and that's where I want her to be. And suddenly it doesn't, it's not as, it's not as, um, it's not as scary. But interestingly, you know, there's another reason why we're looking forward to having a pump is, I'll give you an example. On Sunday, it was the most beautiful day here in the UK. And we were in the garden the whole day and they were building a den in the trees. And she was running around the garden shouting, I love my life. (laughs) And it was just brilliant. She had six hypos on Sunday. (laughs) And all I wanted to do, sort of giving her sipping, you know, she was sipping Lucasaid. I don't know if you have that in the States. It's like a sort of sugar drink and um uh, i kept on sort of giving her 10 milliliters here you know 20 milliliters here and all i wanted to do was shut her basil off <laughs> of course i couldn't do it better yeah. reach inside and tell that slow acting yeah. insulin can you just, just not working give up for a second please help yeah. us out well you know to your point um and and to expound a little bit two nights ago i have no idea why uh but arden you know, just didn't need as much basal insulin as she usually does. And I you know, did, uh, she had a snack around 8 p.m. I bolused for it the way I normally would. She got on the lower side, like 70, you know, 69, 70. And she kept trying to go low and I kept trying to get her back up again. And it, it got to the point where I had to, I think I did a temp basal decrease almost like 50% for like four hours from like 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. And that kept her good all night long. But last night, at the same time of night, when she asked mm-hmm. for a snack, I still did what I thought was right. You, you know, I didn't. I didn't say to myself, "Well, she was low yesterday, so I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a little less aggressive here." I did exactly what I thought was right, and it ended up being okay. I don't know why one night to the other it changed. It sort of doesn't matter to me. You, you know, like what matters is, is that if I would have been scared on day two because of what happened on day one, then her blood sugar yeah. on day two would have gone way up. Yeah. So I just, I thought, okay, I'd rather be low than high. So I'm going to keep doing what I know is the right thing to do here. If it doesn't work out for us, then we'll deal with it. But I'm not going to let her get high over it. Yeah. And what interestingly as well is I'm not scared of a 70 anymore. Good. Um, and again, that's from the podcast. I, you know, it, when we were when she was diagnosed, you know, 
what was it? I think the phrase is uh, four is on the floor. So basically, you know, anything under four, so any anything under sort of 73, you know, wow, get on it. And actually, and then they were saying, you know, you've got to give 15 grams of sugar, a fast acting sugar. And, and so you do that and then, you know, you know, she'd go super high. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's funny how the educate they educate you. It's sort of the blanket education for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know, just, they, it's, they can't it's, really do much else. But. Right. I mean, it's the don't die advice. It's just like, yeah, well, look, it really you know, is. and by the way, this is interesting. This is going to be a little aside. So four is on the floor is obviously somebody, somebody said to you about a blood sugar being four means yeah. really low. Yeah. It's also a musical term and it's sort of a, a slang term for older car situation. And I don't does that exist there? A four speed mm-hmm. transmission with the no. shifter on the floor. I think that's from like the 1950s. That's funny. Right? Um, but it's also a, a rhythm pattern in, in music. But I just, when you said that, I was like, I bet you that means something completely different here than it does there. Yeah. Four is on the floor. Oh, yeah. That's excellent. And, uh, and now a strong contender for the title of the episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> but four is not on the floor as far as I'm concerned, because she can be under four and we can still manage. I mean, obviously I don't want her to be sitting at, you know, 65 for mm-hmm. too long. I want to bring her back up, but yeah. quite happy for her, you know, to be under four. Yeah. If, you know, I'm not scared of it. And also they need to know what that all is like. So I'll give you like an example from the other night. So Arden's, you know, it's, it's nine o'clock ish, you know, and she hasn't had a snack that night, which I probably planned ahead for a little bit. So I had her kind of moving it down and I kept thinking the idea of a snack was going to come up before bed and it just didn't. So she's 80 and then it's drifting a little lower and I start noticing the drift is moving quicker than, than anticipated. And I said to her, Hey, you're going to need to get a snack right now, or I think you're going to end up lower. And she kept saying, oh, I'm almost on my homework. Uh, I will. Hold on. I got, I got put off a bunch of times. And I saw what was happening. And I, caught, I could have pushed her farther. But it wasn't dropping fast. So I sort of just let it happen. So finally, she stands up and she goes, I do need to get something to eat. I'm getting a little dizzy. And I said, yeah, okay. Like, well, you know, I told you 20 minutes ago. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make you feel bad about it. But, like, you know, there was a way to handle this where you wouldn't have gotten to this point. And just trying to put that into her head that there was a spot when she could have had that snack or done something with her basil or something like that and avoided this little unpleasantness. And she went down to 56 and wow. she's snacking away. And I could already see it coming back up. You know, like it wasn't like she was continuing to fall. So she was going to sit at 56 for a couple of minutes and then head back up again, which is exactly what happened. Mm. And uh, at some point I asked her a question and she laughed and she's like, can I just answer that in a minute from now when I'm a little not dizzy? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then so I let her blood sugar come back up. We didn't overtreat. We got it in the right spot. And I just said to her, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not coming down on you. I just want you to know that there was a time here where you could have yeah. avoided this this blood sugar. And you have to pay attention to that a little bit. And yeah. And that's what we try to do as yeah. well. So we definitely use the trends Dexcom to just watch where she's going. Mm-hmm. And if we see that there's, it's very likely that in the next 10, 15, 20 minutes, she's going to go low, then we'll, we'll, you know, just nudge it back again. Yeah. And um, to stop, to stop that from happening. And they do that at school as well. We're very fortunate as well, because um, I'm, I don't know what it's like necessarily in the United States, but in the UK, um, I belong to a Facebook group where they talk about sort of rights at school and stuff. And it's not always easy mm-hmm. um, with um, type one diabetics and, and school and managing it at school. And we're very lucky um, in that both of our children go to an independent school, um, a fee paying school. So there's um, a nurse or a matron um, at the school and she's fantastic. Um, her brother is type one. So she's always right from the start had an understanding of um, how to how to manage it, and we're on WhatsApp the whole day. So she and I will um, will be communicating via WhatsApp and talking about how we look after her. And and actually, at lunchtime, she'll send me a photograph of of um, of her food, and I'll carb it, and then they'll they'll do the injections and and such. So 
um, we've been really, really lucky at school. Yeah, you're working on a concert. That's excellent. on a medical. Yeah, on a medical level, it's been fantastic. There have been some of the teachers haven't quite understood um, the severity of type one. She has. She's definitely fallen back. We feel that she's fallen back educationally. Mm-hmm. Um, that perhaps you know some of the highs have meant that she hasn't taken in the information as well as her peers, and um, so that's been a little bit a little bit tricky. Does she leave the room frequently? Less so now, where so the matron will go in and put it, you know, pour skittles on her desk if she's too low, or right. um, you know, again to nudge the, her blood sugars. And if she's high, she'll have to come out of the classroom to have her injection. They won't do it obviously in class. Do you think once she has the Omnipod, will they will she just walk into class and give her insulin there? Yes. Once in a while, I like to go back to the basics on the ads. Do you know that the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System is a small, wearable sensor and transmitter that sends your glucose numbers to a smart device, like an Android or an iPhone, or a receiver every five minutes? It's completely easy to wear and easy to use. Did you know that? See, sometimes I'm just like, get a Dexcom. And I think, what if they don't know what it is? But you must know, right? You're listening to the podcast. Maybe you're new. Let me just... All right. If you're new, just try to imagine this. Imagine instead of testing with a finger stick to know what your blood sugar is and only finding out what your blood sugar is for that moment, you had a way of knowing what your blood sugar is all of the time. And not just what the number is, but the direction and speed that the blood sugar is moving. Like, are you 185 diagonal down? Like, is there a little arrow pointing diagonal down, which means you're falling like a couple points a minute? Is the number stable? Is it flying up really fast? Is it flying down very quickly? These things are nice to know. They make it easier to make better decisions about food and insulin. And the Dexcom G6 brings you this next level information. You should check it out. It's at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. There you'll find out everything you need to know. Arden's have been using Dexcom forever. And to be perfectly honest, it is at the very center of the decision-making process that we have with Arden's blood sugar. I share this with you only because it makes my point. My daughter's A1C has been between 5'2 and 6'2 for over five years with zero diet restrictions, largely because of the information that we get back from the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. There are links in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. These are my results. Yours may vary. Do you think once she has the Omnipod, will will she just walk into class and give her insulin there? Yes. Good. Yeah, I'm sure that it'll help enormously. Yeah, just just not missing... A couple of minutes of explanation Makes or practice, difference. it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And um, it was interesting, one of the, her teachers the other day, we had a, like a parent consultation and um, she said to me, so I think Maya needs to become a little bit more independent. I'm like, yeah, she's seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and she said, yeah, you know, so so perhaps at lunchtime, get her own food and, and um, she, could, she could do that herself. And I'm like... No. <laughs> and then she said to me, and, and you know, when her alarm goes off, does, does she know what that means? And I'm like, yeah, she knows when she's, you know, what the numbers mean. And uh, she said, well, maybe she could just treat herself, you know, oh. give herself some sugar or I was like, no. <laughs> how would she know <laughs> that, how much to give herself? Yeah, or... that's not going to happen. Right. And it was, a, again, a kind of realization that not everybody understands this because she looks so well. Yeah. She looks well. She's happy. She's bubbly. She's. But yet, you know, the reason she looks so well is that we look after her. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. When I was getting Arden into kindergarten, so she's five, um, I happened to know somebody who was in the room at the, at the school board level in the meeting who kind of reported back to me. And they said at one point, someone at the highest level of that, that meeting said, well, can't she just do this herself? <laughs> And I was like, I was like, really? And she, she said, I, I said, but she, she's five. Like, can they really do anything themselves? Should we put them in charge of like major medical decisions? Do you think? Yeah. Y- you know, and and all that sentence meant was, oh, that sounds like a lot of work for us. Or, yeah. am I going to have to pay someone else to be involved in this? Or, you know, like, how do we get out of being responsible? Yeah, and, that's and, it. You know, it's just. But what your thing is just funny because. 
It's just funny. I mean, like, I love your answer, but she's seven, so no. You, she's like, seven. What, no way. Like, like, seriously, list the important things that your seven-year-old's in charge of. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> if 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 I I like the heat turned down on the first floor of our house at night, I wouldn't even put my kid in charge of that. Yeah. <laughs> that exactly. And that it's could crazy. hurt no one. <laughs> Crazy. Because they're seven. I had to. I had to walk away. If I'm honest, I couldn't quite cope with it. Mm-hmm. Walk away. Well, but, it, uh, yeah, it, you know what's funny, it, and and to, to speak about it seriously for a second, it is no really different than what you talked about at the beginning. Like, they just don't know, mm. and it's fine. But sometimes when people don't know and they say things that are uninformed, it really is infuriating. Yeah, it, it you is. know, like it's just because you've been through. You've been through so much in not even a year and a half, 24 hours a day. Like the last thing you need is some chucklehead walking up to you and saying <laughs> something stupid. You, you know, like like I don't have enough bandwidth to inform you about diabetes. Like I, I just – I don't have any more energy. Please leave me alone and go away. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I hear it. I, I really do. Okay. So um, you are – you live in a place where your medications are, are they free? Like, does your insulin, like, mm, yeah. break it down for me a little bit. Like, let's start at a very basic level. Do you have health insurance or is that not how it works? It's not how it works. So everybody's entitled to um, medication and um, medical care on the National Health Service. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we go to the doctors or um certainly children if Maya needs any form of medication whether it be insulin or finger tester strips or whatever it might be we can get everything for free okay um after a certain age and i think it's 18 um then you have to start paying for your prescriptions so it's but it's not it's nothing it's like eight pounds i don't even know what that is in dollars but it's really not a lot of money but for Maya literally every time we go to the hospital every time we go to the doctor every time we get vials of insulin or anything it's all free it's incredible yeah now for perspective for people listening in the united states who are maybe like right now like see <laughs> texas is bigger than england okay so <laughs> it, it's not you know it's it there is an issue with you're you're generally speaking of it you're you're a you're a country in charge of fewer people and and so it's probably more doable but at the same time if it's doable then it's probably scalable i think we we do, when i say it's free obviously we all pay tax right clearly you know a proportion of that tax going towards the national health service um and so we say it's free but of course in a roundabout kind of way, we're paying for it anyway. But um, do, do you, you know. mind? Do you know what the tax rate is in England? Um, hmm. Is it a funny? No. You don't really think about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I know that there's sort of, you know a high tax rate threshold. I think is like percent tax, and then it goes down in increments um, depending on how much you earn. Okay, I'm looking here for a second. So. Um, Taxable income in 2017-2018, England, Wales, Northern Ireland. So from zero to 11, is it pounds? 1,150 pounds. Yeah, it's free. That's tax-free. That's tax-free. 1,150 to 45,000 is 20%. Now, here's an interesting one. 45,000 to 150,000 is 40%. Can you put 150,000 pounds into American dollars for me? On the spot, Scott. Uh, hold on a second. I can. Figure, I got the internet. Hold on a second. <laughs> hold on. One hundred and fifty. Get XE up. Okay, hundred and fifty thousand pounds in dollars. I mean, that's a that's a big salary. Okay, so fifteen thousand pounds is like nineteen thousand dollars, and one hundred and fifty thousand pounds is like two hundred thousand dollars a year. But I think yeah. that's that's important to note, right? Is that at two hundred thousand dollars a year in England, you're being taxed at forty percent. I'm going to guess because a lot of two family household, two income households around here might reach near two hundred thousand mm. dollars. I think here you maybe only pay twenty five to twenty eight percent. Oh, well, there we go. Right, and so. It is interesting, isn't it? Like, I get it for free, except you gave mm. away 10% more of your income than some other people. So 
that's it. Yeah. And of course, some you, people you don't are using. Want it to be free. <laughs> that, that's right. And some people are using the medical system a lot more than others. You mm-hmm. know, it just so happens that I have a daughter who's type one diabetic, so we're at the hospital every three months. And, and you get benefit from it, yeah. And we benefit from it. But of course, if I had two healthy children, and obviously myself and Damien completely healthy, then you know we're not using using the NHS as much. So, you know, it's, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? But let me get your opinion for something because you have a, a unique perspective, right? Like, and I don't know your income and I'm not asking it, but let me, let me say this. If you found yourself paying 40% of your income, you didn't have children who needed the health system and mm. you didn't need the health system. Now that you know what it's like to live with diabetes, are you okay with that? Like, are, are you, are you happy to think, well, there's someone out there who really needs it, who's not being impeded, who's not being, um, you know, who's not losing their livelihood over this, like they can just walk into a place and get the insulin they need. Like, does that make you happy or does that make you feel like, oh, I wish I did have some of my money back? It's a really interesting question. And I think um, now that we've got a child who needs that health care, obviously, you know, it's it's a given, isn't it? Of course. Um, but there are people, unfortunately, that do take advantage the fact that it's all free um and i think sometimes perhaps the minor things will make an appointment to go and see a doctor when in fact they don't really need to and i think that happens a lot more i actually grew up in belgium um i spent the first 30 years of my life in belgium and um um and there medic it's not free so you have to pay into a you pay into a kind of a medical system and you pay you pay every month. And um, so when I came to the UK, I was so grateful, goodness, you know, because it was so different to what I was used to and what I grew up with. So, um, but yeah, in you know, it's it is it is outstanding. And no hassle, by the really? way, coming from Belgium to the UK. The UK doesn't shake you down. They boom, you just you're here and you get services. I, it's complicated. <laughs> I was, I, I, my parents are both British, but I was born and grew up in Belgium, so oh, I've got a British passport. You are British, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, you don't have to tell me it's complicated. Sometimes I flip on, um, and I watch your politics sometimes, and I'm just like, <laughs> That's I complicated. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what is, we don't know what's happening either. <laughs> <laughs> we just hope it, we just hope it won't happen, and it'll be fine. Sometimes I sit there, I'm like, well, that woman just got done speaking, and I think that old man's going to yell at her now, and like, let's wait and see what happens. <laughs> And then he stands up and he yells at her. I'm like, I don't even know why he's upset. It's pure entertainment. <laughs> it really yeah. does seem like a soap opera. But what is scary is pure entertainment, but it's actually reality. So that's kind of what's um, what is scary at the moment. Mm-hmm. Then the man in the but, chair in the back of the room, he stands up and yells at everybody. I'm like, everyone's yelling. <laughs> so, he's he's our lo- he's our local um, MP, Burko. So yes, he's the speaker. Uh-huh. When he tells everyone to be quiet. They really do shut up, by the way, when he says it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's fantastic. If no one's watching funny. Parliament on television, really, it's, it's so, worth a couple it's minutes so of your British. time. <laughs> it really <laughs> is a good time, honestly. Okay, yeah, so, you know, it just made me, it makes me think that as I see, I think it's a mindset, right? And I do wonder how much of that mindset comes from the perspective of diabetes, because as you get older, generally speaking, if you're lucky, you start, you do a little better, right? Um, and that's the hope. And as you do better, do you see that extra, you know, quote unquote, extra money you have as, is it, you know, are you, are you, you know, are you, are you the guy on the Simpsons? Are you just, are you Mr. Burns? Are you just like, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, and nobody can have it? Or do you say to yourself, all right, well, now I can afford to make the roads a little better. Or, you, you know, if I have to give away another $1,000 this year so that some family that I don't know doesn't have to struggle to pay for their food or medication, like, can I be okay with that? Um, you, you know, like, it's a mindset, really. It is. And I yeah. think, you know, I, I as I've got older, I think you do have to come from a place of contribution. And, and, um, and I do believe that what, you know... I do believe that what goes around comes around. So I think, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. And isn't it interesting when it's medical, right? It's, um, you either have that perspective or you don't, you don't realize how lucky you are not to have mm. it. You don't, you don't realize how lucky your ignorance is when you say, Oh, let them pay for it themselves. Exactly. You know, like, right. You know, any person, you know, any working person has an income that's probably barely getting them by. And then it, yeah. if I just show up one day and say, 
okay, now there's, you know, $4,000 more of cost this year for you. Well, I didn't have an extra $4,000 to begin with. And, mm. and, and now you're telling me that that's for medicine that keeps me alive or. Yeah. Know, and I, I must say that when I listen to your podcast and obviously um, the majority of your guests are, are American and mm-hmm. I hear, you know, some of the, you know, Medicare and all this. And I must admit a lot of that goes over my head, but the gist of it is basically you pay, you pay for your medication and it makes me feel incredibly grateful that, that, you know, I can go and get five vials of insulin for Maya and not have to worry about whether, you know, the insurance is going to pay for it or whatever. I'm, you know, as I said, I don't really understand how your system works, but, um, but it sounds, um, it sounds a lot less complicated here. It it is. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. More people have their hand out, uh, here in, in our system, uh, whether that be insurance companies or, you know, pharmacy benefits managers, which are basically middlemen between the companies who make the drugs and the, and the devices and the insurance company. And then to you, it's like this four, it's like this four star, you know, four pointed star of everyone has their hand out and, and you're the one paying everybody. You pay the insurance company, you pay the benefits manager, you pay the, you know, the pharmaceutical company, you're paying, paying, paying those three people to get your stuff. So. And having said that with what's going on in the UK and Brexit, there have been some concerns about um, the availability of insulin I've in the that. UK. Yeah. No, um, and that, that has, that has been a concern. And um, obviously when you bring it up at the, at the hospital, they say, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. But it is a concern. Of course it is, you know. Well, you're going to because... be fine because you have yelling man, yelling man with hammer, and sad lady taking care of the whole thing as far as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll sure be it fine. will. Uh, yeah, yeah, everything's going to be great. Uh, there's obviously a lot of common sense in the way your your healthcare is handled. And um, I don't think that we couldn't use some more common sense. But I think as long as people are making money at it, they're not going to, they're not going to let go of their revenue stream. Um, you know, that's just, that's capitalism. Um, yep. you know, so we'll see. It, it's all, it's all ever changing. Um, it's always a big fight. And, um, I think as long as most people are covered, they're not going to, they're not going to change anything. They won't change it. Yeah. No. Yeah. If they're going to be okay with that. I, I don't know what the number is. I think it's 8%. Is it 8% or something? There's like this low percentage, you know, when you look at it numbers wise, but there are people who can't afford insulin. So yeah. I think if one of them can't afford it, that's a high percentage, but that's not how, that's not how, that's not the, how they view it. That's not how business looks at it. Right. It's exactly right. Um, okay. So Maya is doing great. She's, you know, you're doing, it sounds like you're doing terrific. Uh, your husband's learning. He's coming along. He so is. Uh, he, he is. Do you think about, do you ever look at your son and think, oh gosh, is this going to happen to him? More so at the beginning. Like, oh my goodness, I have to, come here, you're tired. Come here, on. I'll do a finger prick test. Right. Poor, poor little lad. And it, although, to be fair, he'd come to me and say, mommy, I'm feeling tired or, you know, whatever. And can I just test my blood sugars? So, um, but you know, if it happens, it happens, right. uh, which is quite a pra- pragmatic way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. There's not much we can do about it regardless. Right. We have tested, um, done the trial. Um, so he's had his blood sugars, not his blood sugars, he's had blood taken and uh, tested for antibodies. So right. we will, net. that's it, trial yeah. net. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that every year. It's come back negative. So we, but we'll do that every year. But to be honest, even if it came back positive, I mean, like, does that give you like yeah, I know gonna... what the signs are anyway right, so, right. Yeah, right. um it's yeah it's not like that's going to be particularly helpful but um but yeah it does of course it worries me yeah. I, I would rather he didn't get diabetes sure. he can see he can see from how Maya is that it's not much fun sometimes and um but he's funny because he turns around sometimes and goes well, I mean, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't complain if blah 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, she, she, yeah. yeah, he's just looking yeah. for a way to show up his sister. Just, That's just. all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, wait till you see. They're they're right at the good distance. They're like three years apart. Wait till you see how that goes over the next decade. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just sometimes it's it's. My kids are pretty good with each other, and yet when they go at each other, you're like, oh, it's exhausting. Just. 
shut up. <laughs> yeah. I think I think what what saddens me slightly is that Ethan has just come back from a, an amazing week of skiing in France with um with his school. Mm-hmm. And that obviously was a very easy decision and off he went and he had an amazing week and I didn't even think twice about how much fun he was having and but I know that obviously when the time comes that Maya wants to go off on a ski trip with school things are going to be you know, somewhat different, and that saddens it because although she is a normal kid, she is a normal kid. Mm-hmm. There are still so many things that we have to plan, and that's all. It's just no. you can't be impulsive anymore. Yeah, it, that saddens me. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. You can't just throw your hands up and be like, "Let's do it," and we'll figure Let's it out as it. we go. Like exactly. now, you have to figure it out before you go. Uh, listen, you just made me think of. I mean, Arden's uh, just a freshman in high school. She'll be fifteen this summer. But she's, you know, been talking about being involved in fashion for most of her life. And she said to us, like, offhandedly the other day, would you mind, would it be okay if I went to college in France? And I think Oh, she, we'll look after her. Yeah, and we'll I was like, and, and I said, um, yeah, sure, of course, that'd be fine. You know, like, we were just all like, well, of course. Meanwhile, if she didn't have diabetes, I'd be like, that sounds expensive, so no. But um, <laughs> but, but I just said yes because I didn't want her to think that because of her diabetes, I was considering that she couldn't do it. Yeah. Right? I don't know what she'll ever do or if that'll be what her, you know, her focus remains. But but I just didn't feel like saying no was a good idea. I was just like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um because I think she was sort of mining for, am I going to mention her blood sugar in this? And I'll tell yeah. you, this is where, at the moment, I just sit back and think, oh, that on the hot horizon will be out, you know, in a year or so. And that's it. That algorithm will be okay. And then, you know, we'll be able to manage the rest, you know, over distance. I have to tell you that um, two weeks from now, we're planning on going out to visit my son at college and watch him play baseball. And Arden just said, my friends are having a party that day, like a, it's a birthday party and it's a sleepover and I'd like to go to that. And so I, I, I just did the math in my head real quick and I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, that'll be okay. Mm. And I'm talking about driving three hours away from my home. I can't just get back, Yeah. you know, but I, I think I can do it. You know, I, I think that the stuff we talk about on this podcast and the technology we have, I think I could do it. So, yeah. you know, so I said, okay, we'll, we'll try. You know, well, so. if she uh, how about how about she comes to London instead, and uh, and then we'll look after. Well, listen, I'm up for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> a, a diabetes exchange program. I was going to say, yeah. then we'll send Maya. Yeah, over does to does Maya need to know about pharmaceutical companies? Because I live in New Jersey, <laughs> so that's pretty much all I can tell her about from here. Uh, pharma <laughs> companies, banks, and uh, I can tell her about the Sopranos probably. So uh, very cool. <laughs> well. Alexandra, this was really great. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I realize for people, I, I you should know that we had to adjust. Um, you had made a, an appointment to be on the show, and then there was, a, I think Maya had a, a class trip a to a, trip. a zoo or yeah. something, right? That's it, yeah. And I lost track of that fact and ended up like Skyping you while that you were funny. at the zoo. <laughs> That was very funny. And you were like, that's like, not it's the today. wrong day. It's the wrong day. <laughs> um, do you remember what animal you were looking at when I called you? Well, it wasn't actually the zoo. It was the National History Museum in Tring, oh. uh, which is a great little little museum. And um, I think I was with the stuffed lion time. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I thought, oh, that's right. This is not the correct day. But again, for any of you who don't know me, that I get this podcast up every week is an absolute act of God. So, uh, And we thank you for it. Well, please, you have no idea how counterintuitive it is to my personality that I do this on a weekly basis. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was my pleasure. Huge thank you to Alexandra for coming on the show and sharing her family story. Thank you also to Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes for being such steadfast sponsors of the show. Please check them out. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, and of course, dancing the number four diabetes.com. Actually, let me tell you a little something more about Dancing for Diabetes while I have you. 
Dancing for Diabetes has an annual showcase in Central Florida for dancers that has raised nearly, listen to this, one half of a million dollars for type 1 diabetes research. Now, the 19th annual Dancing for Diabetes show will be held on Saturday, November 9th at the Bob Carr Theater in Orlando, Florida. Tickets for the show range from $15 to $35 each, and they may be purchased online at www.drphillipscenter.org. Dancing for Diabetes is a nonprofit organization based in Central Florida with a mission to spread awareness through the art of dance about type 1 diabetes. They want to raise funds to find a cure and to inspire those with type 1 diabetes to live healthy and active lives. And on top of all that, I really like what they do. Dancing4diabetes.com Or if you want to get tickets to the show, drphillipscenter.org You know what? You sat through a long ad there at the end. A little bonus for you. That's right. Scott's always on your side. Here's what it sounds like right before we start recording the show. You ready? Does it work? I'm on my iPad, the headphones. It's amazing. Honestly, some of the best recordings I've done, people are like, oh, I'm in an airport on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever works. Um, so... This is, uh, I'm sure you've listened enough to, to be able to know this, but it's fairly informal. Yep. Um, we're, what I'll do is in a second, I'll just ask you to introduce yourself any way you want to be known. It could be, you know, your real name, your, just your first name, whatever you are comfortable with. Okay, cool. And then uh, we'll start chatting, and then like an hour from now, you'll be like, oh my God, we're not already? And that'll be it. I know. That's what worries me is like, what will I talk about? Um, I'm sure it'll all happen. Are you really, are you concerned that you might not know what to say? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So whenever you're ready, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. 